Love Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? This is your homegirl, Complex Angel, and I'm Navaz. And this is your girl, Queen K. I'm the Vision. And welcome back to another episode of Queen's Revives and Vision. So, Queen K, how has your week been? Oh, girl. I'm not, I told myself I wasn't going to get on here complaining. Um, I'm going to highlight all of the positives. Um, one, I am in my new place, me and my kids. Um, we are also, um, thank you. Um, job is coming good. Um, I have literally, um, less than a month left of school. I will be done with my bachelor's degree, but this week has just really been overwhelming and tiring. Y'all, I've stated before, I don't like change. Even when it's a positive change, I'm all over the place, so. Pray for your girl, okay, because it's only so much Taylor Port I can drink before I just break, okay? Um, but overall, I'm thankful. Um, I was able to sleep the whole weekend in my place. I was able to get my kids things here. I was able to do a move pretty much all alone or with the help of my God, baby angel. I really appreciate her so much because, y'all, in pain and awe, me and her thugged it out and moved the entire house by ourselves, like, Two women in a fucking van, like that's how we did it. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna complain. My week was good. I'm here another day. Uh, my kids are here. We good. So yeah, how about you? Well, I mean, we just know it's our platform. Is I don't even look at it as complaining. Sometimes we have to vent to get out there. But yeah, moving is always um. It, it's it's always like stressful, you know what I'm saying? Because it does knock you out of place. But once you get back settled, it's like okay, now I'm rocking. Because I told you, I cried when I moved here, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It, it's just it's just like you know an overwhelming thing, new beginnings. But it's gonna get better for you. Uh, for me, thank I'm you. going to complain, but also thank God. So uh, it's been a cold, cold weekend for me, y'all. First home ownership problem, furnace went out, but thank God I came across this company called Horizon Services. It's a heating, plumbing, and a cooling company. Very professional, very informative. Came out on a Thursday, um, like, you know, just to let me know that I need to convert. Because basically, they this house was built in 1905. So they had a mm. furnace that ran off oil. So they told me that I had to convert it to gas, you know what I'm saying, because they was like, that way you don't have to keep worrying about somebody coming out here and filling up this 250-gallon Granby. And, you know, gas is expensive. So imagine filling up 250 gallons. So they came out. They replaced the new furnace. Um, They couldn't come out to today. But the guy that came out on uh, – Thursday, he provided me two space heaters just to make sure I wouldn't freeze over the weekend. Baby, the heat is on, and I don't have to start making mm. payments on oh, the furnace until 18 months from now. So, yeah, you know, like, life is going to throw you curveballs, but, um, you know, we, hey, listen, it is what it is. We're going to keep rocking. We sure are. All right, y'all. So, without further ado, we're going to jump on right on into that show. Um, I'm going to hit y'all with the A.O. King and Queen quote. I do have one. Okay, so all of them are sponsored by Pinterest. I have three this time around, only because I don't have a slate tip. 
But the third one is kind of funny, and I just it just helped me giggle, you know, because you got to get your seven chuckles in for the day. So I mm. hope it bring y'all a giggle just like it did me. But we're going to jump on into the serious part first. So my first one says, uh-oh, y'all. Hold on, y'all know. It take me a minute to get shit together. Okay, so the first one says, pain is temporary, quitting is forever. Um, y'all, I I did this one because, like I said, this weekend has been straighting, very overwhelming, and I'm not going to lie, I did think about quitting, right? But I had to think about how how forever that is. Like this pain is only temporary. You know, this frustration is only temporary because God going to work it out. And he did, you know, even through the storm, he's right there with me. Like the pain that I'd be feeling in that day, I just know that it'll just strengthen me tomorrow. That's just that much more strength that I'm going to have tomorrow to push through and get through. So for anybody that's out right. there that's really just having it rough, just know that that pain that you're experiencing it's only going to be your strength for tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, that's my first one. And my second one says, um, when a flower isn't growing, we fix the environment it's in, not the flower. Think of yourself as the flower. It's not always you. Sometimes it's the people you're around. It's the places that you're at. Don't be so quick to change yourself. Change what you're around because oftentimes – We'll let people or society or certain places make us believe that we're the thing that needs to change when really it's just the environment, y'all. That quote stuck to me because it goes along with what we will be discussing today. So that one connected with me on a personal level because not all the time is it you that needs to change. Sometimes you have to change who you're around, the company that you keep, the places that you frequent. It's okay to move around and get something new. And then lastly, my this one was funny to me. It says, the apple a day keeps anyone away if you throw it hard enough. Y'all, I died laughing, okay, because <laughs> I could just see myself throwing an apple at somebody who's fucking with me. So <laughs> just remember, apples don't just keep doctors away. They keep anybody away, depending on how hard you pitch it. So that is my A.O. King and Queen quotes for the day. Thank you, Pinterest. Do you remember um, do you remember the Aladdin uh, game on Sega? No. You remember the Aladdin game on Sega? Girl, they get they he used to throw apples at the enemies and the way their eyes used to get big as fuck. That's what I thought about when you said <laughs> throw apples. <laughs> I'm sorry, girl. <laughs> that just helped oh, me. Um <laughs> okay, y'all. So, like I said, I don't have a Queen K slate tip, y'all. Queen K been everywhere, okay, around the world today. Um, But we're going to jump on into that sipping tea for the soul topic, y'all. Tonight is um, embracing or loving what they hate about us, okay? I know I probably butchered the title. I apologize for that. Y'all seen it on the flyer. But, um. Pretty much, we just gonna we just gonna go there. We gonna talk about the shit that's taboo. We gonna talk about how it feels to love and embrace every part of us, despite what society say, despite what the people around us say. Um, just everybody has their own set of beauty standards and their standards of accepting who you are. 
But at the end of the day, that's the part of me that I love the most, you know, and that's the part of me that I'm learning to love the most. And I just want everybody to understand that it's okay to love you more than what people think of you. Like, it is okay. That don't make you conceited. That don't make you full of yourself or nothing. It is it is okay. So my aspect is embracing me. My first question is, how do you embrace yourself fully even when it contradicts others' expectations? Um. Point blank, period. They don't pay my fucking bills. <laughs> they don't, you know. No, like, no. <laughs> but, but, I mean, like, honestly, though, like, it's hard when you're a little kid and you have someone critiquing you and comparing you to other family members. Like, um, my grandmother growing up, she had, she couldn't understand why my hair used to get real frizzy, so she put perms in my hair. And, you know, at the time, I wasn't still taking care of my hair. I was going swimming, wasn't washing my hair, wasn't washing the chlorine out, when I got out the pool, so my hair broke off a lot. And she used to compare me to one of my cousins saying, like, oh, look at how full her hair is and how thick it is. And it's just like, come on now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it does it does force you to, like, really care about other it, – it makes you, like, think, like, okay, how can I – you know what I'm saying, be myself without worrying about what somebody else is going to think. Now, I'm not going to lie, I used to care a lot growing up, but now as I'm getting, like, I understand why older people really don't give a fuck no more and be off day rockers because as you get older, you just really start to realize, who am I really doing this for? So I've learned to mm-hmm. embrace me by just accepting the flaws that um, the flaws that other people pointed out. I had to decipher and ask, like, do, would I hate my weight if somebody didn't point it out? Would I hate how awkward I was if somebody else didn't point it out? It's like, you know, and when you feel uncomfortable about it, that gives somebody, you know, more gas to want to just fucking talk about it. So I've learned to embrace myself because, one, nobody pays my bills but me with the strength of God. Two, you know what I'm saying, nobody's living in this body but me. So mm-hmm. fuck what they think. What about you? Girl, my sentiments exactly. Like I always say, it ain't no fucking bunk beds and caskets. Like, no, I'm the only one living this life. I'm the only one that came out by myself, and I'm still in here by myself. I'm not about to keep on letting what other people think, uh, you know, think about me or how they think I should behave and act affect me and change me. I did that shit too long in my life. And I missed out on some great opportunities because I've always lived in the shadow of what others thought about me because I never wanted to be that one to disappoint someone. Well, newsflash, fuck you too because I'm sure you were a disappointment one time in your life. Um, I have been told, like, even in a church, like, I have gotten shamed for being um, a single mother out of wedlock. Um even with my family, like some family members, they just be like, oh, you you doing that by yourself? You still ain't married? No, I'm not. I'm sorry that that's what you think I should be, but hey, I'm doing this. My work ethic. Oh, you work too much. Oh, why do you why do you talk to your kids like that? Or why do you explain yourself to your kids? Well, because they're humans just like me, and they're trying to figure this shit out too. So we gonna talk as a group. You know, we we got our little huddle and all of that. Like, I'm so tired of being dragged down by what everybody else thinks of me. And I've noticed that 
I can only embrace myself when I stop giving a fuck. Like, and at that point, I'm I'm at that point. Like, cannot be so be so engrossed of what people think of you because you'll never truly embrace who you are because you won't know who the hell you are because you're so you you try so hard to fit into the puzzles that everybody has for you. No, you're mm-hmm. not gonna do it. So for me. I, I don't care. At this point in my life, I don't care. No, Like you said, nobody is paying my bills. Nobody is helping me take care of Kinnett, Marcel, Kendall, and Messiah, but Kinnett. So, hey, I'm sorry. That's that's just it. That's how I handle it. Um, My second question is, is self-acceptance important to fully love yourself? Absolutely. Self-acceptance, like you have to accept yourself fully. You can't hate, you can't point out things. Like like I said before, when I gained weight during the quarantine, I had to learn to be gentle with that person because if I hated her while losing the weight, I was going to find something else wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, like, you know, now we got to work on this, now we got to work on that. You have to really accept who you are. And honestly, the best way to accept who you are I'm learning for myself is to be around people who allow you to be yourself and you allow them to be themselves. That is the true form of self-love. Like, I'm even guilty of this myself. I used to have mm-hmm. this image of how I wanted people to act for me to be able to feel comfortable around them. But the world don't work like that. So it's like I remember in relationships, I really just saw potential and I tried to really critique them to change, do do all of this so that we can be this perfect picture, not knowing what their background was like, not knowing how their brain is shaped. So it's like you have to let people be, and you have to be around people that are going to let you be who you are comfortably. Mm -hmm. You don't have to explain yourself to them. They're not sitting up there trying to talk about you and make you, you know what I'm saying, um, like like, like the butt end of the joke. Because I had a lot of people around me that was comfortable with doing shit like that. And it's like my people please themselves. Instead of loving myself back then, it was like, okay, let me dim my light, one, so that you won't talk about me, and two, so it won't be no conflict. But hurt people are going to always hurt people. If they see you dimming your light, they're going to try to knock, they're gonna try to knock that bitch out to where they can't see it glow at all. So you really do have to accept who you are because, like Queen K said, there is no bunk beds and casket. So why are we sitting up here tap dancing for motherfuckers who we not going to see once we leave this earth? Come on now. Come on. I'm not going to know your first name. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. <laughs> this one really hitting for me. Um, with me, um, I'm learning that I have to accept myself in order to fully love myself. So for so long, um, I have been taught to not love who I am. I have hated me. Um, I have not liked me. Uh, it's just everything about me, only because of what other people have put in my brain to make me hate about me. For instance, my skin tone. Um, the way I'm shaped, like I've always gotten picked and bullied, the way my mind works, um, how I am off to myself, how I don't have a voice sometimes. I'm learning all of that stuff now, though. I have been on this self-love journey for a while, and I've noticed that I've all, I always fall short. Like this last, I said about this last year, I've noticed that I always fall short. I think I'm getting to the finish line, 
But then I realize that I'm farther away, and the one thing that I'm realizing that's holding me back is fully accepting myself. I have to accept me, connect for who I am, you know. I have to accept all of my flaws. I have to accept the fact that my skin is darker than most. I have to accept the fact that I'm not a, a size two or the fact that I'm I'm probably not on everybody's beauty standard chart, you know. But those are the parts mm-hmm. that make me who I am, you know. So I feel like in order to fully love myself, in order to fully, you know, get that self-love that I need, I have to learn how to accept me for me. It's hard. It's not like an easy task because when you've been told so much shit your whole life in the same shit, you believe it. So now I have 30, well, I'll say about 25 years of reshaping, unlearning to relearn shit that I have to go through, you know, just in order for me to fully accept myself. Um, my next question is, where does the pressure of fitting in stem from with you? Uh, the pressure of fitting in was being fatigued growing up, trying to mm-hmm. fit in at school because, baby, you think your you think your family's some bullies. You come across some bullies, and so me, that motherfuckers in school. So it's like, you know, um, just seeing how people roast other people, I always wanted to be quiet because it was like, I don't I don't want to be roasted like that. I don't want to feel embarrassed because the biggest fear for me, I feel like if I, if I didn't have a fear about being on punishment or getting my ass beat, I probably would have lashed out and fought back and got suspended and just said, don't give a fuck. But it's like I was scared of what was going to happen at home, so I would just sit there and take it, let them talk back. But one time I did snap. It was this girl named Alana Matthews. I don't give a fuck. From ninth grade all the way to senior year, this girl, every time we had a class, would pick on me. Ninth grade, I let this shit slide. Tenth and eleventh grade, I didn't have her in classes. But then in twelfth grade again, she decided. And, baby, I, I snapped. And as soon as I snapped, that's when I noticed, like, that you all, you all barking no bite. She got quiet as fuck. And people in the classroom mm-hmm. were shocked because I'm short. I'm 4'8". And they like, damn, I didn't know Tasha could snap like that. It's only so much anybody can take. It's just that people with big hearts, we, we take a little bit more than we should. So I, that, that pressure of wanting to fit in, but the reason why I'm letting go of that shit is because, dog, like, you sit up here and you jump through hoops on fire for motherfuckers. You could disappear off this bitch and they'll be like, he was all right. She was all right. Like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, like, it's, it's draining. But what about you? With me, my shit stemmed from my family. Um, like I said, I've always been picked with and I was bullied by my family, the people that's supposed to love you. And I know, like, people be like, oh, your siblings, they're supposed to talk shit about you. But when you get it from your cousins, your siblings, people you call your friends, you start believing that shit. I've always been told that um that I'm too dark. Like I've had some nicknames, baby, okay? Um, and then I've always been heavier than all of my siblings. One, I'm the darkest sibling and I'm always I've always been heavier than all my siblings. Not realizing like when I look back at my high school pictures now, and I'd be like, oh, I wish I did have a high school body. But in my head, because what everybody was telling me, I was considered fat. So it just wasn't, it just wasn't good. Like, 
Um, and then, like, you think, like, the people that's supposed to have your back is your family, is your sister, is your brother, your cousins. You know, those are the people that's supposed to, that, that your family teaches you. Those are the ones that you're supposed to love first. But when those people are talking about you and then getting other people to talk about you, that shit hurts. Like, I'm, mm. I, don't, I don't understand. Like, but that's where most of my shit stems from because it's just like, those are the ones that are supposed to really have my back, but those were the ones that was really bringing me down the most. Um. Okay. So, oh, and then another part of that is getting, telling your family, oh, such and such is talking about me, and they're like, oh, that's just, just your, you know, that's just your brother or sister. Oh, they're going to do that. Well, correct it. I'm telling you there's something wrong with me. They're doing it. Why not correct it? I hated that coming up. Because it's just like, yeah, y'all say this is what they're supposed to do, but if I'm telling you that this is really messing with me, if you see that I'm changing, if you see that you got this 12-year-old girl trying to go on diets uh, just because she don't want to be called fat or me trying to stay in the house for whole-ass summers, if you don't tap into that, then you got this, this person that's trying to figure out life. And that's where I'm at right now, you know, with this whole self-acceptance journey. Um, okay, my last question is, what are some challenges you face with self-love and being a black woman? Uh, some challenges I've faced with self-love is um, still learning to stand on my boundaries. Um, I had an incident happen recently where I basically told this person, like, you know, I really don't want the main the main source of our conversations to always be about gossip. And I even owned up to saying, like, mm-hmm. you know, we've gossiped enough, but I would like to grow in other ways. And setting boundaries, I got, you know, I got guilt-tripped. Um, it, it was a back-and-forth mm-hmm. argument. And it got to the point where I felt like I wanted to just shut down. And I was like, you know, what? I, I don't want to speak my truth to anybody because nobody's ready to hear it. So I'm still struggling with that, but the Boundaries book said, you know, God doesn't give you the power to control how a person is going to react to what you have to say, but you just still have to learn. Um, With being a black woman, um, the struggle is still not coming across a, a black man that feels worthy enough to protect. Like, I hate to say it because I, I do understand from hindsight hurt people hurt people, and people are only going to repeat what was done to them in their childhood. So a lot of the, a lot of the trauma that was caused to us because, you know, it, it, it basically was a person just mirror reflecting what happened to them. But mm-hmm. I never really had no, no males in my family that protect me, never. Like, I, I could never go to any of the males in my family about, you know what I'm saying, about this or about that. I don't really have a genuine friendship. I don't have a genuine relationship with them. I never really felt protected. So in relationships, I never really know how to let my guard down and let a man be there for me. Like, you know, with my last relationship, I allowed him somewhat, but I still, you know, in survival mode, okay, well, let me try to work on the back end just in case he can't come through because I knew the battles that he had. So, like, that that's really my battle, but... um. I am learning to just let people help me not block my blessings and just, you know, like just push it to the back that 
they going to throw this in your face or are they going to hold this over you for leverage? Because I'm really trying to just teach myself what is for me. It, it will be from God and it will be genuine. And I'm learning. I asked him to give me discernment so I can see who is really genuine so I can know what to accept and what not to accept. What about you? Oh, me is just really just trying to block out everything. Like that is the, that's my biggest challenge, blocking out everybody's ideas and opinions. Like for me, for someone who's a people pleaser and who has always pretty much lived by what people have said um, and not leaning into my own understanding or that of God, um, I have a problem with really stepping into this self-love journey because I'm so quick to think, oh, well, am I doing this wrong? Oh, my God, what do they think? Oh, shit, should I pull back some? Like, I constantly question myself only because I've been stuck into this life for so long. I mean, I know I'm coming out of it, um, but, you know, that was my norm. So those are some challenges that I face. And then now it's just like, being a black woman is hard in America. Like, men say, I mean, I understand our black men have the target on their back, but, baby, we got it on our front, back, sides, all over our bodies, okay? And we shielding the black men, you know, to protect them from having it on their back. So it's really hard when you got the world telling you no just based upon the color of your skin, you know, and then you got other shit like your family and all that shit building against you and making you not want to love yourself. So it's hard. It is really hard, like, just accepting everything and still being able to say, man, fuck that. I'm going to live how I want to live. So that is my biggest challenge, just pretty much just blocking out everything and everybody. Hmm. I definitely respect that. Definitely do. Okay. We're going to get into my aspect, curves in all the wrong places. My first question is, why do you think society hates a woman? who loves to embrace being plus size. And because society got their fucked up standard that you got to be a size two to be cute. Um, they they put all of these models in place that are stick figures. I mean, they're, they're starting out to embrace the plus size queens, but they feel like you don't supposed to, if you don't look a certain way, you're not supposed to mm-hmm. love who you are because this is what beauty looks like. Like, who the fuck made the beauty standard for one? Because, baby, as a black woman, we come in all different shapes and sizes. And I really think that it's a jealousy thing. <laughs> they can't mm. look like us, so they made us hate who we are. Um, they didn't come out with the hips and the curves and all of that stuff. So, hey, what's a way to keep them oppressed is by making them hate who they what they look like. Mhm. Um, I definitely agree. I think that uh, you have to be proportioned a certain type of way to fit into a plus size. You got to have the ass and the tits, and one can't be bigger than the other. The ass could be okay, but you know, um, I just feel like when it comes to like Lizzo, um, when it even came to uh, what was remember Takara from um, Yes, that's my girl. Yeah. You know, when when she was on when she was on that weight loss uh, show that came back, they used to come on VH1. You know, like just loving herself, it was like the judges always had to tell her, "No, that's not cute." And it's like, how do you expect us to be gentle with ourselves? Why do I have to sit up there 
and based how I feel off of what you think. This is called self-love. Self, it's me. My self-love journey is different from yours. And I feel like that that's why I put the status up the other day about, like, debating. It's like I just never under – it never made sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. how the fuck do you – how can I debate you on how you view me and how, how can you debate me on how I view myself? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my life at the end of the day. You're not walking in these shoes. So I have to be gentle with myself because it – it tears down the voices in my head. Like I, I was like that too back in high school. I got talked about. I got talked about so much with my weight because my family was uncomfortable with me growing breasts at ten years old. Like I was in a training bra by seven, and by ten years old, I was in like a B cup, C cup. By the time I was fifteen, that 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 shit went off the grid on the alphabet. You know, people were like I didn't know they had that size. <laughs> So it's like it made my family uncomfortable. So they, you know, they like they were like, oh, you know, we're going to talk about it so she can wear bigger clothes. And it's like looking back at fucking prom and high school, it's like, damn, I was really small, but I never got a chance to enjoy it. And I feel like you said, like, society is going to talk about it because it's not it's not the superficial look that they want. And it's it's just like it's just really fucked up because at the end of the day, society don't pay my bills. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I, I choose to stand against it. I I always knew that I was different because I hated I hated the trends. Like I never really followed the trends because it didn't make sense to me. Um, but that goes into my next question: Are you learning to love your curves that are in all the wrong places, baby? Let me tell you, I ain't gonna lie. I probably need to do a little sit up, and I do want to have you know my little tummy tuck. But, baby, I love this poopa, okay? We wake up together every morning. It does not stop niggas from hollering. Um, It does not stop me from putting on the clothes that I want to wear. And truth be told, hey, it's it's, it's kind of cuddly. It's, it's cold outside, so it keeps me warm. So I'm just going to say I'm definitely learning to embrace me more and more. I might joke about it. I might have my days where I'm like, oh, my God. But I love every part of connect like this this body here baby this this world about to get whatever body i pop out with i don't know maybe next week i'll be a six maybe a week after that i'll be a balloon i don't care at this point because nothing is going to stop me from living my life and being happy so yeah i love every bit of every wrong dip in everything every dimple every little bloated part of me Mm. Um, I'm I'm definitely the same way. Like I'm top heavy and flat ass, and that's okay. I've learned to embrace it. I've learned to embrace my stomach. I just tell myself, you know, your breast gotta have somewhere to rest. So that's why God gave you the stomach. You know what I'm saying? You can't have no no flat ass stomach. I'm just being honest. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I've I've had to tell myself. You, y'all see how she laughs me? I'm trying to love myself. I'm just saying. I'm sorry. But I'm just I'm saying sorry. like. No, but I mean, no, I know it's funny, but I'm just being honest. Like, I had to tell myself that because I've always had, like, a stomach that sticked out. Like, my, um, not my cousins, but my mom's ex-boyfriend when we was younger, his son used to say, you're going to look like you're pregnant by the time you turn 15 because I always had, like, a little Snoopy, a little Snoopy belly. You remember the little Snoopy from Charlie's? Yeah. <laughs> the peanut oil? Yeah. I'm so serious. I've always, no, I'm. No, y'all think I'm joking. I've always, I be so serious and people just be laughing. I'm so, I've always had this Snoopy belly. 
and I just had to learn to embrace it. Does it go down? Yes, I can tell when I've lost weight, but I've never had a flat, flat fucking stomach. I've, I've just never had it, you know what I'm saying? But I've learned to embrace me because at the end of the day, um, I'm the one that sits with myself at the end of the day. I don't give a fuck how a man will... What what he will think because I didn't let men drag me to my lowest. But when I think about it now, mm-hmm. bitch, I'm I'm in a better position than you. Like on some real shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I'm in a better position. You needed me, so you talked about me to make yourself feel better. But at the end of the day, if you don't show a person that, if you if you show a person that that affects you, they are gonna continue to talk about it. But if you don't show yeah. it, they are gonna stop fucking with you. That's that's the part that we have to learn. Give it, give it no energy. Like give it no energy. I learned that a long time ago. You remember uh, Little Bill? The uh, I try to say. you remember Little Bill? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a Lord Jesus. I'm not going to hell with you today. But it was a book where he was getting talked about, and it kept saying, "Just say so to every insult." And uh, that shit is so true. Like you fat as fuck. So like I know that I have a wide back. You know what I'm saying? And flat ass. I don't give a fuck. I love me. But I'm just saying. Anyways, all right, go on to the next one. How do we learn to view ourselves from our own perspectives and cut off the opinions of others? Wait, can you please repeat that? Because the whole little bill and a wide back thing got my head just. <laughs> Complex, you think we all. Oh, shit. Uh, I needed some, we needed some laughing here. But, I, but, I be, but see, people going to say, like, how she say she love herself and she say that. It's it's not even talking about myself. Like I, I really do love who I am. I I'm I'm at a place now where I can even watch myself on video. I used to hate watching myself. I used to hate how I sounded. So I'm just no, don't get it twisted. I do love myself, but I'm just being honest, like I've heard that before. I've been called that before. But it's like, you know what, I embrace me. Um, but the question was how do we learn to view ourselves from our own perspective and cut off the opinions of others? Mm, it's definitely been hard for me. I'm not going to lie. But what I like, something I've been doing is I'll take pictures of myself. I'll take pictures of myself and I'll take full body pictures that I keep in my phone just for my views. You look kind of good right there. Okay. It's a whole like affirmation thing. Um, and you introduced me to that. It's pretty much, you know, just uplifting myself and blocking out everything that I heard. Or if I do hear something negative or if I even think something negative, I'll try to hurry up and replace it with something good, you know, something positive to keep me in that mindset. And I pretty much learned to just stop caring. I don't ask for people's opinions. Well, I do on certain stuff. But if I don't ask, I don't care. Like, that's... Lorilla said it best. When you stop giving a fuck, that's when things start aligning for you. And I feel like that with every aspect of my life. Once I stop caring how you feel about me, how you view me, um, where you want me to be at, why why you uh, questioning where I'm at in life, I can just fully embrace who I am and I can just continue on my own little journey in happiness. So I just... I just block it out. Affirmations help me a lot. Affirmation music help me a lot. Looking at myself more and more, taking full body pictures, um, wearing what I want to wear, not letting 
oh, well, they said this is not for, you know, a girl with a fupa or a girl with a stomach or I'm probably too heavy for this. Nope, I'm aware. I don't care. Like, going out of town really helped me wear what I wanted to wear. Like, the shit that I've wore out of town, I would never wear here, only because I'm so conditioned to think that everybody here is talking about me. I know that when I go out there into the world, into another state, into another, well, not another city, into another state, they don't know me. They they probably won't ever see me again in their life. So who are they to judge me? But I need to carry that same out-of-town person because who the fuck can judge me? Like, no, if I feel like I look good, baby, that's what I'm going to look like, you know? It's their confidence that carries me. So, yeah. That part. Um, I'm learning to view myself by deciphering which thoughts are mine and which thoughts were projected onto me because um, I usually, I, I got dragged a lot about my weight from relationships, um, never really in a friendship. I've never really had nobody in a friendship call me fat when we fell out, but it was mostly relationships and the toxic, toxic relationship that I was in, he definitely did. And I remember, like, I used to just always wonder, like, dog, God, please let me be in tip-top shape when I run into that motherfucker so he can know that I'm doing good without you. But then I had to tell myself, like, okay, what what if what if you haven't lost weight? You know what I'm saying? What if he catches you on a bum day? What the fuck does he do for you for, you, for his opinion to matter? You get what I'm saying? It's only <laughs> I had to learn that I only view myself through other people's eyes because I care so much about what they think. And at the end of the day, the I heard a quote. I don't know who the fuck it was from. It was from different means, but it said the people that judge you and talk about you are the ones who are doing way less than you. They don't matter. They should not matter. I mean, but it's easier yep. said than done because, you know, we're hard on ourselves, so when someone comes into the universe and says some of the shit that we're thinking about, we like, oh, there go confirmation, you know what I'm saying? But you got to ask yourself, though, this this voice that critiques me so much inside of me, did I adopt this voice from somebody, or was this my own? Because I feel like mm. if the world was black and white and there was no type of trauma or no type of critiquing, I don't think that we would have a problem with who the fuck we are. Like, if the world was just viewed off of energy, like, you could just look at somebody and just see their energy, like, you know what I'm saying? It would be so much easier, mm-hmm. but life don't work like that. It does not work like that. The America got to keep us in trauma because they got to fucking pay these doctors and they got to pay these therapists, you know what I'm saying? So I'm the trauma's going to always can continue. But uh, going into my last question, do you think society will ever embrace all body types, um, all body types. And the reason why I asked this because on Grapevine, they was talking about how, like, how since the BBL um, has, the trend has came, a lot more people are starting to get uh, surgery. And then, you know, somebody asks what's going to happen when the next body trend comes. Y'all going to regret this surgery. So do you think they'll ever embrace all types or it's always going to be just a new trend every time? Mm, I think that they're going to learn to accept everybody because people are making it to where you have to. There is no, oh, well, we're going to just go with the skinny ticks. No, no, you're not, because 
You got the skinny women standing up for the plus size women. You got the plus size women and women and uh and men standing up for the skinny one. Like everybody is coming together finally on topics like that. Um mm-hmm. so I feel like body shaming, like because it's in the media heavy now, like people are not gonna do that. Society is not gonna be able to determine which body type is more superior because everybody accepts everything. You find beauty in everyone. You know, every shape brings something different to the table. So I feel like in the way that society is going now and the way that everybody is so verbal and standing on their opinions, um, they're definitely going to learn to accept every different body shape there is. Nobody is going to be shamed. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say that it's going to be all peaches and cream kumbaya, you know, you still gonna mm-hmm. have some haters, of course, you know, but I feel like as far as a society standpoint, everybody is gonna be accepted. Hmm. I feel like it's gonna continue to be just the next trend. And I feel like us muffin tops are gonna be next on the trend if we find beauty. I'm just being honest. But I just feel like it's <laughs> gonna always be a trend because history has to repeat itself. You know what I'm saying? Like back mm-hmm. in the day, back in the nineties you know what I'm saying? You just had to have a pretty face, but you had to be a size two or a size zero. Now it's the um, the BBLs and everything. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> they they like the thickness and everything. I think that you know, um, you know, you just gotta embrace your own body, fuck what society thinks, and go to go to the other countries that really embrace them big girls. Like Hawaiian men, they love some BB, mm-hmm. they love some BBWs. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I forget which other ones. Oh, uh, Jamaicans. They love they, they 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 prefer big women over skinny women. They call them they call them me me because I remember when I was dating this Jamaican guy and he called me a um a, a fatty. I wanted to slap the shit out of him, but then someone told me no. In Jamaica, we embrace like like we embrace that. It's a good thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. So he was trying to be funny. You know what I'm saying? But mm. they embrace that. So just yes, learn to love who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a form of way. Like, the thicker you are in certain parts of um, Africa, the thicker you are, that's a form of wealth, baby. That means you eating good. That means you got some money. Mm-hmm. But, okay. But that's um, pretty dope segment. Um, definitely mm-hmm. going to step more into my self-acceptance journey because I know that that is the only part that will help me along my self-love journey even more. Thank you, Complex. Oh, no problem. Okay, y'all, we're going to jump on into that as a woman question. Complex, what you got for us tonight? Um, the as a woman question this week is, do you feel the first CD from artists you listen to is always greater than their other albums? I don't know why I thought about this, but... I just thought about Chris Brown's album, his first album, and I love every fucking song on there. But then it's like, yeah, I don't. Even, I think I've asked this question before, but we just gonna touch it again if I did. Fuck it. Exactly, I platform, but I don't think you have. Um, okay. It depends on the artist to me, to be honest with you. Okay. Only reason why I say that is because, yeah, you know, some of the first CDs I got, they've had a couple songs where it didn't really hit because it's been Mm -hmm. on the radio and it's been popular. But I feel like with growth comes change, or with change comes Mm -hmm. growth, whatever. However, 
And I feel like sometimes they have to really go through some shit for the music to really stick and hit. Who is it that I, I, oh, my God, I know the artist that I'm talking about. I cannot think of their name. Tiana Taylor. Taylor will be one of them because it's just like, okay, when she first came out, you got to Google me, baby, and all that shit. But, baby, when she started Mm -hmm. going through some stuff and she got older, the music started hitting, like, everything about it. Like, her new, her latest CD. The album that ended it all, like, is this last one. Every song is a classic. Like, I don't care. Y'all can say what y'all want. Every song on there is a classic to me. Like, every song brings something different. So I just feel like they have to go through some stuff. Like, some of Janae's songs back in the day, I ain't really messed with. But now... Baby, mm-hmm. I can listen to all yeah. her all day, okay? So I just think it all <laughs> depends on what they went through, you know, because you need to go through some shit before you can really start singing. Mm. Yeah, that part. Um, I definitely agree. I just ask because sometimes I feel like some people, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm coming for Chris Brown because Chris Brown is talented. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm still bumping his music. It's not like no... It, it just didn't hit me. But I'm saying, like, I feel like some people after their first album, they lose it. They they get big-headed, and it's like, what the fuck was this? But you're right. People go through changes, or sometimes, you know, they might want to try different genres just to see, like, if they can get, you know, like, more, more – um, mm-hmm. What, what, what's the word? Not clientele, but, like, they're, they're trying to get a broader audience, you know what I'm saying? So they do try different genres. But LMA, I love that girl. That girl mm-hmm. can sing. I've been fucking with her before she, before Buddha put her up there. But it's like this new album. I like it, but I have not had a song yet off of there where I've been having it on repeat. Like, when she came mm-hmm. out with her first album, Cheap Shot was in – Cheap Shot was in motherfucking rotation, okay? And it still <laughs> hit to this day. But you're right, like Tiana Taylor. Like, I heard Google Me, and then, like, I really didn't listen to her music until the album came out. So, you know, like, when you put that, when you, like, when you listen to, like, um, an album on radio station and YouTube, it starts to play some of their old songs. So it was some songs that came out like, damn, I slept on her. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, I'm trying to think of another person. But, like, Chris Brown's first album, I loved every fucking song on there. But, you know what I'm saying? I haven't listened to a lot of his new music because – I do, but I haven't listened to a lot of his new albums because it's a lot of songs on there. I don't know. I just always feel like it hits. Like, Beyonce, Dangerously in Love will always be my favorite one. But don't get me wrong. I fuck with this, I fuck with a lot of the songs on her other albums, but Dangerously in Love, it was hit after hit. I, I could listen to the whole album. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't one that I skipped on there. Tiana Taylor, too. I think it was just two songs out of the 20 that I didn't fuck with, but that's still good out of 20. Yeah, yeah that's my thing. Okay. All right, y'all. So we're going to jump on into our To My Kings and Queens complex. Who you highlighting? Okay, so I got three people. I'm going to make this quick, though. I'm going to highlight this person. <laughs> I had to screenshot this shit. So y'all know Thanksgiving coming up. And I know Queen K don't fuck with cranberry sauce, but I do, so I had to read this. But it said, <laughs> all right, check it. I'm shouting out Travis Reed. It said, all right, check it. 
I swear to God, if I pull up to your Thanksgiving dinner tomorrow and you try to serve me the cranberry sauce on the left, which is just crushed up cranberries, I'm flipping all them tables over. Don't nobody want no chutney berry <laughs> blends with kosher salt recipe you got from Pinterest. I don't care if Eliza Thornberry herself made it. It's a no for me, dog. I'm not cultured enough. Give me what's on the right from the great glacier waters of Ocean Spray. Y'all know the the, the can-shaped one that Jesus himself oh, moonwalked Lord. on. That can, I laugh when they say Jesus himself moonwalked on. That can cold <laughs> maroon lump jelly with the ridges where can't nobody can slice right. <laughs> I'm from the church. Girl, I need them to stop. I had to shout them out for that, for keeping it real. And um, I just also wanted to shout out Deja and uh, Chris. Not this weekend, but late earlier in the week, last week, um, I got to a point of, like, self-doubting myself again, like, really questioning. Like, I wanted to put a pause on um, – my other podcast, Keeping It Complex, because I'm not going to lie. You know how, like, solo artists, when they get out of groups, it's hard for them to go solo because they're used to seeing their, you know, their um, group members being up there. It's been hard for me to carry that show by myself. And I know that God is saying that I can do it. I know you even told me, Tasha, you carried that show by yourself, but it's hard. And Deja and Chris both sent me messages on the same day, just saying, like, Spirit put it on my heart to tell you, please don't stop doing what you're doing. Um, Chris had told me um, that, well, not, okay, y'all don't even know who the fuck Chris is, but it, it's, it's two people that live here in Philly. But he told me that I helped him to find his voice and don't take what I'm doing lightly. And Dee just said it in so many words, too. Thank y'all. I Like, honestly, like, I'm going to say that to anybody there. Please continue to give people their flowers while they're here because people don't know. And I always try to, you know, I, I know people say, like, it's frustrating when you get a compliment and then you give a compliment back. But I'm like that <laughs> because just just like it gave you, just like it took enough, enough courage for you to do that, I want to show you that you shine it too and you continue to do the same thing. Because a lot of times we give our compliments and get fucking crickets back. So I like to give yep. compliments for compliments. I play tennis well with compliments back and forth. Just saying. So, yeah, that's all. <laughs> Girl. Okay. Okay. That means get back into it then. Jump on into it. Um, so, my king and queens, the person that I'm highlighting tonight, I am going to give it to my goddaughter. I'm giving it to her because she really pulled through for your girl. Um, like knowing that she was in pain the whole the whole weekend and still got up early with me, helped me move an entire house using a van and her SUV um, because I couldn't get a U-Haul because I didn't have no one to drive for me. And then um, not only that her waking up early the next day to help me do two client heads and I had to travel and just helping me come back here, clean up, get the kids together. Like I got to give it to her. She has really been standing 10 toes down with me through this whole journey. And I've been breaking down a lot because like I told y'all, change is very uncomfortable for me. I mean, I know even with a positive change, I do break. Um, and she has given me my space in order for me to break, but she's also been right there to kind of, like, encourage and uplift. And it, it's just been dope. So 
So I'm, I'm, I'm highlighting her tonight. Um, so, yeah, that is to her for being right there um, through this whole little journey. Because I know, you know, it, this is not going to be the last day that I shed some tears. It, I'm going to go through my emotions. I have to until I get comfortable and set in this place. And, you know, the other house is wrapped up. I'm going to be an emotional wreck. So <laughs> I just, I, I'm highlighting anybody who's going to deal with my ass for the next couple of weeks because I can't even deal with me, okay? But, yeah. Um, so we're going to jump on into the Axe Queen K. So, Complex, do you have anything to ask tonight? Um. Yeah, so I was watching Cold Case. And I came across, um, I'm going to highlight two things. I know you're probably going to bring it up anyway. But the first one is they was talking about NHI on cold case. And I'm going to read what it means. NHI means no human involved, not comparable, law enforcement slang. This describes crimes committed against people deemed undesirable or or subhuman, those with criminal records, sex work, sex workers, drug addicts, transients, or people of color. Do you, mm, I, I don't even have to ask, do you think that that still applies today? Because it's clear as day. But what is your take on that? I never fucking knew that that, that was a thing in the criminal law. Girl, I was puzzled, okay? <laughs> I still don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's like, ugh. It, oh, no. it makes me think. It makes me think of like, like with domestic violence, how they just come out there and they be like, "Okay, she's gonna go back." So what's what's the point of me really taking this serious? But damn, like, so you trying to tell me that you feel drug addicts, prostitutes, um, you know, trans people and black people don't don't deserve like you know my, my, now people of color is even broader that means hispanic latinos uh chinese like yep. those are people of color indian so you're trying to say that we're not worthy of like 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 okay you're going to do your job but you're not going to have no empathy with it like because it was one of the episodes where this lady she lost she had five sons and lost four of them and like mm. The uh the um the lady remember Lillian Rush the the character her boss was mm-hmm. telling her oh another N, another NHI so it's like you you start to just not see them as human you know what I'm saying and that's why a lot of cases go cold really fast for us that's why man I don't know, I just want you to take on it girl I just feel like they already have never seen us as a full person it's in the whole ass constitution that. Where what they say one third of a man mm. that that that's mm. their reference to black people alone. So they've never really seen us as on an equal playing field. So why why would law be any different? You know, um, mm. they don't they don't care about us. They <laughs> okay yeah I'm gonna come out here. Oh you said that this will happen. Oh all right. No that it. And it's always going to be like that. And I, I thank shows like that for really putting it into the forefront so we'll know exactly what's mm-hmm. going on. But, yeah, yeah, they don't even see us as a full a full person. So mm. when you told me that, I was just sitting back thinking about it. Like, it's always been we – always, we always don't get the short end of the stick regardless in yeah. every aspect of our life. 
you know, we have to be the ones that rise above it like we have been doing. But, you know, we have to know the ugly truth also. So I'm happy that mm. you brought that to my attention because it really made me forget about, you know, the part about the Constitution. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm, no problem. And uh, this is the last thing. Darren Sweet, I cannot find the post, but he basically said, like, what happened to Shanquella is is hitting mm. a lot of us because a lot of us knows what it's like to be in a group of a uh, group of friends that you have to dim yourself around because they're jealous of you. Um, I'm, I'm I don't really I don't really have a question, but I just want to take the time out to say rest in peace. Um, I just found out more information that she was the one that paid for the Airbnb that they stole mm. I think six thousand dollars from her that they were, like, really jealous of her, and it was just all a setup. Like, she didn't even want to fight back. And I'm telling you, like, you you really do be around some people that be jealous of you, but you be just thinking, like, no. And it's like now I understand for y'all as parents why it's really hard for y'all to sit back and let y'all kids fight their own battles because you want to prevent shit like that from happening. But um, what's your take on it? Um, Okay, so... Me and my client, we were talking about that, and pretty much the whole thing, it was set up from the beginning. Um, mm. Pretty much, uh, apparently, Baby Girl has something to do with the one that was fighting her in the video. Mm-hmm. It has something to do with yeah. one of her cousins being set up and killed. And she admitted it at the Airbnb, and that's why they they were fighting. And that's why they feel like she didn't want to fight back because she felt guilty. Um, I just feel like with that whole situation, if y'all found out that information, I understand, you know, anger does take over. But go to the law. Why does she have to lose her life too? Like, you don't even know what all happened. I mean, if she did, if she did admit to it, you know, you you learn how to deal with people accordingly. The fact that y'all went all the way out the country and then that baby and then lied to her mother and then came to her mother, you know, with this made-up-ass story and all y'all stuck together, y'all all deserve to yeah. go to hell. All of y'all. Everybody that was involved deserves to go straight to hell. Um, Not even jail. Yeah. No, because at this point, it's crazy to me that y'all could take a life like that. So so violently, like nobody deserves what that baby endured. I don't know the full story. I wasn't there. But the pieces that I'm getting, at the end of the day, death is never the answer. I mean, we all going to die anyway. Nobody said, like, I forgot where I heard it from, but somebody said, we're all going to die. No one should have to be killed. Mm, um, that part. I just feel like that was very heartless. It was heartless. Mm-hmm. Um, that's somebody's daughter, you know. That's somebody's sister, somebody's cousin. How would you feel, you know? Um, and then I heard that they're even, the girl that did it, her family is uh, creating a GoFundMe for lawyer crazy. Um, I don't know how to feel about the whole situation. I just pray that baby girl gets her justice. And I also feel like, y'all, start reevaluating your friend circle. Not annually, mm-hmm. not, you know, not when they do something. No, daily. 
Every time you wake up in the morning, you need to ask God to give you discernment and to give you clarity on these friendships that you have and ask God, what are they really providing for me? What are they really bringing me? Are, Are we both equally filling each other's cups or am I giving more? You have to evaluate mm-hmm. your life and move accordingly. You don't have to make a big post about I'm cutting X, Y, Z off the da, 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 da. No, just move accordingly. And I'm learning that more and more each day with the people that I have in my, my circle. The people that I have are still around because every day I evaluate my circle and God shows me this person is for you, Connect. You are for this person, this person is for you. Y'all are hand in hand together. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, yeah, that, that's pretty much it for me. Okay. Well, y'all, um, listen, I'm so sorry. I don't have a no apology thought or affirmation. I'll be back with it in the next two weeks. It, it was cold, so my thoughts was cold. <laughs> but I promise <laughs> I'm going to be back. <laughs> I promise I'm going to be back. But um, just listen, always tune in and love yourself. That's the best thing I can say. This was a dope-ass segment. Thank you uh, for your insight, Queen K. And with always, um, I'm Complex Angel. I'm the Vibe. And I'm Queen K. I'm the Vision. And peace and love. We are out. Peace and love.